If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is another lovely day here in the Coachella Valley, and um, let's start with some news, and let's start with Tiger Woods. Everybody knows probably by now that uh, Tiger Woods was involved in a an accident in Palos Verdes, California, where uh, he seriously injured one of his legs. And let's talk a little bit more about that. First of all, he was hosting uh, the Genesis International Golf Tournament at the Riviera Country Club, which was in Pacific Palisades. Now, according to TMZ, which, by the way, they know all, uh, Tiger was seen leaving his resort hotel. He was agitated and impatient, speeding away just around 7 o'clock. Uh, he was set to begin his, begin his hosting duties at the, at the event at 7.30. So he was running behind. The hotel is about an hour away from the golf course. <laughs> uh, the accident took place at 7.12 a.m., according to the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Uh, he was northbound on Hawthorne Boulevard near Blackhorse Drive. That section of Hawthorne is four lanes wide and is fairly steep. He would have been going downhill. Uh, we know it was a one-vehicle accident. Reportedly, the vehicle hit a curb, hit a sign, then a tree, and then it rolled, you know, off a cliff and rolled down an embankment and ended up on its side. Um, so... The uh, from the pictures, the front wheels of the car were both facing inward. Uh, the entire engine was pushed into the firewall, which is probably why his um, his legs were hurt. Because you know the A pillar, which is the first pillar, that's the one that holds up the windshield. You know, but the firewall was pushed right into that. Um, so it had to be a fairly high impact. I mean, the car was just destroyed. Um, he had to be removed through the windshield. And so who cares? Well, why does this matter? Well, of course, you know, we hope Tiger recovers. But he was driving a brand new 2021 Genesis GV80 SUV, which was the happened to be the uh, the vehicle that was being promoted by Genesis, the you know, the luxury brand of Hyundai at this golf tournament. And, he, you know, the, the star of the golf tournament, Tiger, was driving, coincidentally, a brand new Genesis GV80, which was probably owned by Genesis. Um, the vehicle that was featured at the golf tournament, it was, you know, it, it, it probably was a fully loaded version. But uh, it, standard feature on any GV80 is every single safety feature that they make uh, for Genesis. So you don't have to pay extra by buying extra option packages and or, you know, upcharges. Genesis calls the suite of safety technology in the GV80 our most advanced safety. Uh, features include forward collision, avoidance assist, lane change oncoming, which helps prevent head-on collisions with oncoming cars, and driver attention warning, which, which issues visual and audio alerts when it senses you should stop and rest for safety. Understandably, um, Genesis 
executives are worried. The company issued a brief a statement acknowledging the accident and offered you know, thoughts and prayers for Tiger and his family. If the vehicle was at fault, it won't be good for them. Uh, but it's also very possible that Tiger was either speeding or distracted and the car probably saved his life. Uh, you know, that's probably good for, for, for business if they can say that, you know, our car helped save Tiger's life. But that won't be part of an advertising campaign. I can guarantee it. Uh, but that gives a little more context to what was going on. Uh, let's see. The, there's a new uh, there's a new minivan. I know that everybody cares about those, but uh, the Kia Sedona is now called the Kia Carnival, and the 22 uh, Kia Carnival uh, made its U.S. debut uh, on February 23rd. Uh, as I previously reported, the Sedona name had been changed, uh, but they've been using it for almost two decades. Uh, the new Carnival, which, by the way, is the name they use in the rest of the world, so that's what they're they're probably trying to harmonize these things. Uh, the new Carnival is very handsome. Uh, it looks very much like an SUV, not as much like a minivan. And that's deliberate. Kia styled it that way to make it look that way. So, you know, that I probably men didn't feel as emasculated because that's always the issue of a minivan. Uh, so let's see the auto, you know, they, they've called. So yeah, the, the, the flagship, uh, was always called the K nine, which is the K 900 here. And they're that they withdrew that from the market at the beginning of this year. Um, and it always had a bad connotation to call it K nine. So that's why they called it K 900. Uh, but the new Optima is called the K five, which was, uh, that's what it was called in the rest of the world. And uh, the Kia Cadenza, which has also been withdrawn from this market, is being replaced by what they call the K8. So there's a, so there is a, you know, a move to harmonize the names. Um, there's a filing on the EPA's website that shows the 2020, the 2022 Carnival will come with a single power train in the U.S., a 3.5 liter uh, V6, and a six and an eight-speed automatic, which is the same that's on the Kia Telluride. Uh, MPG is only slightly increased. Uh, from what it was by one mile per gallon from 21 to 22 uh, miles per gallon. So uh, will it lure more buyers? Let's hope it does. Uh, because minivans usually are probably a better bet for most families, but they can't stand them, so they buy SUVs that are more than what they need for their you know for their uses. Um, let's see. Uh, last week, Tesla. This is another bit of big thing in the news, but uh, Tesla reduced the price of their entry-level Model 3 um, standard range from 36,990 to thir- by you know down to 35,990. So it was down by $1,000. Um, and uh, so that was one. And then the entry-level Model Y standard range uh, was also decreased uh, by a thousand dollars. I mean, by two thousand dollars from forty-one nine ninety to thirty-nine nine ninety. The long range is the same price, and the the both versions of the Model Three and the Model Y are. Um, uh, the, the performance versions were increased by $1,000. And then in a whiplash move three days later, after reducing the price of the standard range Model Y, uh, the model vanished from t- Tesla's website. And it appears, uh, but it appears t- Tesla isn't taking orders for it right now. That's what it looks like. Um, 
it gets more bewildering considering the standard range Model 3, uh, I mean the Model Y with a 244-mile range, only went on sale one month ago. So let's see. So one month later, they reduce the price by 2000 and three days after that, they take it off their website. So what went on? Well, good thing we got a tweet from Elon that says that the standard range Model Y is still available, uh, but it's only for off-menu, uh, which means you have to call Tesla and order it that way. Um, you know, interesting. So, um, so there is so you know it is uh, it's a little bewildering, but uh, you can still order it if you want one with the price reduction of two thousand uh, dollars. Now, a 2021 Model S with the new interior and reworked exterior was spotted in the wild uh, testing. It has a normal steering wheel, though, uh, it, uh, but it still didn't have any stocks. And by stocks, I mean, you know, turn signals, uh, you know, for washers or wipers or, or uh, even Tesla uses a stock to shift gears. Uh, so it had a normal steering wheel, not this yoke steering wheel that's showing on the Tesla website. So apparently the you can get a round steering wheel if you actually want one. Uh, but it doesn't have a stock. So that means that you're going to have to believe them when they tell you that the car will sense the direction you want to go. I, I'm dying to see how this is supposed to work. Uh, but uh, you can override it. I think there's going to be something on the touchscreen to override it. Now, the Jaguar Jaguar has told us that they're going to be going all electric by 2025, uh, which is way sooner than anybody had thought it would be. And they were working on the XJ sedan, uh, which was going to be the all electric, their first product. Uh, and it had been, you know, it's been out, it's been seen out testing in on roads in the UK, you know, with camouflage on. And it's believed to have been 90% complete. Um uh, the XJ was killed. So it was taken off. They said, nope, we're not going to do it after all. So they must not think it's going to be competitive against the Model S or the upcoming Mercedes-Benz EQS, which is the big uh, Mercedes, uh, but the electric version, which is supposed to be very futuristic. We've seen that testing as well. So they must have thought that the, the sales wouldn't be enough to cover the costs. But these are sunk development costs, and you know they'll likely be poured into another sedan. Or what they'll probably do is their two sedans, the smaller one, the XE, and, and the midsize, the XF, will be combined into one electric sedan, and they'll offer a, a, a long wheelbase version of it if you want a slightly bigger one. Uh, the F-Pace will become an EV very soon, and the uh, I-Pace, and, which is the electric SUV that they make right now, and the E-Pace, which is a similar size, but it's a, uh, a, a you know, regular gasoline-powered model, will be uh, merged into one as well. So we're going to see a much smaller Jaguar with uh, fewer offerings than before, but they will be all electric. Interesting to see where it's going. And by 2025, so uh, that that's not far away at this point for a car dealer. The Detroit News is reporting that longtime dealers are cashing out, um, accelerating you know the consolidation of the dealership industry, uh, and it's been due to the pa the pandemic. And apparently, dealer prices are up right now. Um, 
which is the average transaction price is now up to $40,000 for a car in the United States, a car or SUV or truck or whatever. And it's a big average of, of things altogether. And the smaller operations, usually ones owned by mom, pa, are starting to cash out because it makes sense. It also makes sense to me is to get out now before the electric revolution comes along when you're going to start losing sales of internal combustion engine cars, which is how they make their money with the repairs. And I think that the uh, residual values of those are going to drop as well because when people start to realize that um, EVs are quieter, they have better acceleration, better handling, and are just, you know, cost nearly nothing to operate, uh, they're not going to be as many people who want to buy the hordes of used cars that are going to be on the market at some point. So this makes a little bit of sense as time goes on for them to cash out of this. Uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco. This is All Revved Up on I Have Radio. We have lots more to talk about when we get back. Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. Uh, before... Um, the break i had been talking about some stuff on you know people selling dealerships and brands are consolidating and a lot of these big publicly traded companies like uh sonic or you know car what was it, car pro some there's several of them that are big uh and, and warren buffett actually has a uh, subsidiary that buys these dealerships as well um 
seems to be consolidating and brands are coming together, all those kinds of things. So uh, what I thought would be, I've got a lot of these various surveys that I've got stacking up in front of me here, and I wanted to go over one of them. It's the most and least liked car brands. Uh, this is from Consumer Reports. Uh, it's a, basically a survey of their members uh, of, of her, uh, you know, what they liked and what they didn't like. And uh, no surprise here, Tesla won again as far as, you know, the most satisfaction. Uh, they got the highest rating at 88, and they give them five different categories. And for, you know, driving, uh, you know, which, which, which brands. So they like the driving of the Tesla. It's a five out of five. Comfort, four out of five. In-car electronics, four out of five. Cabin storage, three out of five. But value, one out of five. That's kind of an odd one because I don't know anybody, and I know some, a lot of Tesla owners at this point, that think that it's a bad value. I mean, you know, we know it's expensive, but so is every single BMW and Audi and Mercedes. So how come, you know, why that? Interestingly, number two, though, is Lincoln. Now, Lincoln doesn't sell that many cars in California. Uh, they just, you know, except for maybe uh, the Navigator or something. But uh, again, people love how that drives. It uh, got a 79 out of 100. Uh, driving was five out of five. Comfort, five out of five. So I guess they really like the new cabins. In-car electronics, three out of five. Cabin storage, they must be talking about SUVs, uh, five out of five, but value only one out of five. So the top two, value is bad, but they love the car. Number three, Ram, pickup trucks. It gets a 76 out of 100. And, you know, they have only two models that they're evaluating, two different pickup trucks, but okay. Driving, five out of five. Comfort, five out of five. And car electronics, Three out of five, which is surprising considering the Uconnect is probably the best in the in the car industry besides Tesla. Cabin storage, five out of five. Now that I believe because these are the trucks are really very handy and value two out of five. Okay. Chrysler, there's another surprise here, is number 76, but there's only two models that were evaluated, which would be the 300 sedan and the, uh, the Chrysler Pacifica minivan. Driving, five out of five. Comfort, five out of five. In-car electronics, three out of five. Cabin storage, uh, four out of five. And that's got to have to do with uh, the minivan. And value, two out of five. Subaru was uh, number six here. Uh, and it got driving is four out of five. Comfort, four out of five. In-car electronics, they really got dinged because Subaru needs to work on that. One out of five. Uh, cabin storage, three out of five. And value, uh, three out of five. Hyundai came in next. Uh, driving, they like that. Four out of five. But comfort, three out of five. In-car electronics, uh, three out of five. Cabin storage, three out of five. And value, two out of five. Uh, and then they come on down. Then Porsche, which surprisingly is is uh, is down that low because they you know pride themselves on lots of things. But you know got five out of five for driving as it should. Comfort five out of five as it should. In car electronics two out of five. Ugh. Cabin storage well that's not a surprise. One out of five. But value one out of five. I believe that because Porsches are way overpriced. But people pay it, so I guess they're not overpriced if people are paying it. Uh, 
Dodge comes in next after that. Uh, you know, people love how it drives. Uh, comfort is, is good and car electronics is good. Cabin storage is good, but value is only two out of five. Mazda's next. Uh, it gets a number, you know, it gets 72 out of 100. People love how it drives, five out of five. Comfort, three out of five. Uh, naturally, they're dinged for their in-car electronics, one out of five. Uh, cabin storage, one out of five. And value, three out of five. We'll go over the very end ones when we get back. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio. Todd Bianco, talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, I was talking about uh, the Consumer Reports survey survey about the most and least liked car brands. I left off with Mazda, which is pretty much in the middle of this, this survey. And then I go down to below Mazda is Toyota. Mazda rated at 73. Uh, the top was Tesla at 88. Um, I'm sorry, Mazda was a 72. Um, Toyota is at 71, which is kind of surprising considering, you know, everybody loves Toyota, right? Uh, driving four out of five, comfort three out of five, in-car electronics, not surprising, one out of five. Um, but value was only two out of five. I thought people thought Toyotas had good value, but apparently everybody thinks everything is overpriced, I think is what it really comes down to, that very few of these cars uh, really do have a good, what they call value. A Kia tied with Toyota at 71, uh, but it got, you know, it, it, it too had just uh, two out of five value, but it scored much better in the electronics category. It's got three out of five as opposed to one out of five and slightly better in cabin storage with three out of five versus two out of five for Toyota. Now, below that one is Mini. Surprising because I really hated my Mini. Uh, driving, <laughs> really hated it. Uh, driving, it got five out of five. It was kind of fun, but, you know, um, it was the noise inside that I just couldn't take. Uh, comfort, three out of five. BMW makes good seats, so that's not a surprise. But then it got one out of five for electronics, one out of five for cabin storage, and one out of five for value. Yet it's still got 70 points. And below that is its you know parent company, BMW, which also got 70 points. Um, it got four, five out of five on driving, but it got four out of five on comfort, which it should for a luxury car. Uh, In-car electronics, only two out of five. Um, cabin storage, three out of five. I guess they must be talking mostly SUVs there. Uh, and value, one out of five. Again, nobody likes the value here. Uh, Ford is below BMW. 
uh, with uh, driving uh, four out of five, comfort three out of five, in-car electronics, two out of five, cabin storage, three out of five, and value one out of five. Audi sinks below that, but it gets really good driving, five out of five, comfort five out of five, and then it scores one out of five in electronics, storage, and value. Okay. Honda sinks below that with a total of 69 points. So a lot of them are right in the 70 range. A lot of these are very similar. Um, three out of five for driving, one three out of five for comfort. In-car electronics, one out of five. Value, it gets two out of five. Volvo uh, is also 69 with the same as Honda, except it gets five out of five for driving and comfort. Uh, two out of five for in-car electronics. Uh, three out of five for storage and one out of five for value. Now, this one I thought was interesting. Volkswagen is one tick below that at 68. Uh, four out of five for driving, four out of five for comfort. But it got three out of five for electronics. Really? Cabin storage, three out of five. Okay. And value, three out of five. One of the best of any on this list. I mean, they must be really heavily discounted to get that kind of a number. Uh, surprisingly below that is Lexus. Uh, four out of five for driving and comfort. Everyone hates the in-car in electronics on Lexus, so it's one out of five. Cabin storage, two out of five. And value, one out of five. Jeep, below that. Everyone loves Jeep, Jeep but and they're still going to buy them. Nothing's going to change that. Uh, it got 68, which is, you know, uh, I'm sorry, 66, a tick below Lexus. Um Driving three out of five, comfort two out of five, in car electronics three out of five, cabin storage two out of five, value one out of five. GMC right below that at 65. Driving four out of five, value one out of five, everything else in the middle. And below that we have Chevrolet at 65. Driving gets four out of five, comfort three out of five, in car electronics uh, two out of five, cabin storage three out of five, value one out of five. Mercedes Benz below Chevrolet. Five out of five for driving, which it should. Uh, four out of five for comfort. It should be one higher. Uh, In-car electronics, which is makes sense. One out of five. Their their MB M their their new system. What are the M locks? Uh, is just one of the you know it's just a terrible one. And then value one out of five. Buick. Buick. Driving is three out of five. Comfort is four out of five. But it gets two out of five for value. Cadillac sinks below Buick. Uh, uh, driving is four out of five. Comfort, four out of five. Cadillac should have had at least five out of five for comfort, but it doesn't. In-car electronics, three out of five. Surprising. Uh, cabin storage, three out of five. Value, one out of five. Not, not surprising again. Um, Nissan is second to the last with a driving three out of five, comfort three out of five, in-car electronics two out of five, cabin storage two out of five, and value two out of five. And at the very dead end is Infinity, <laughs> the luxury brand of Nissan. So Nissan and Infinity make up the last two in this, in this, uh, in this survey. It got 48, which is even 10 below Nissan, driving three out of five, comfort three out of five, in-car electronics one out of five, cabin storage two out of five, value two out of five, I mean one out of five. Wow. Now, 
you know, they also give a little caveat here. Uh, excluded brands are Acura, uh, Alfa Romeo, Fiat, Genesis, Jaguar, Land Rover, Maserati, uh, and Mitsubishi. And they say the brands have, you know, because there wasn't sufficient sample size to calculate uh, the end brand rankings. So, and then of course they don't do things like uh, Lamborghini and Maserati, you know, thing, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Ferrari, things like that, you know, because there's such a small sample size that they would have from their members. So that's uh, it's kind of curious to see those kinds of things. And then with the same time, let's look at the JD Power that also came out in just the last couple of weeks. JD Power U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study. At and this is uh, and it's they rank it on problems uh, per uh, 100. So. Problems per 100 uh, vehicles. Lexus is number one, which is uh, 0.81. So in other words, not even one uh, problem per 100 vehicles. Uh, Porsche number two at 86. So again, not even one problem at at, at that point. Uh, Kia 97 number, which is number three, that which is really very good. Toyota right below that at 98. Buick at 100. Cadillac at 100, Hyundai at 101, Genesis uh, at 102, Lincoln at 106, Acura at 108, BMW at 108, Chevrolet at 115, uh, which means they had 1.15 problems per vehicle, uh, Mitsubishi at 1.1, you know, at 116, uh, Mazda at 121, and the industry average was 121. Um, so Mercedes-Benz was just below industry average at 122, Ram 123, Dodge 125, Mini 125, Subaru 127, they should be doing better, Nissan 128, Ford 130, Infiniti 137, Jeep and again, this won't this won't make a difference in how any of these car brands make a, you know sell. I mean, they can put this up on their window that I was the most dependable, and it won't make one bit of difference as to how they're done. The same thing for something like Jeep, you know, is at 141, which yeah, it's not very good. But do you think someone's not going to buy a Jeep because of that? Absolutely not. Uh, it's going to, it's just, you know, it's one more piece of, you know, one more fact for them to look at, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. Uh, GMC at 143, Volvo, uh, that's terrible, at 143, Honda at 145, Volkswagen at 163, wow, uh, Chrysler at 166, Jaguar at 186, oh dear God, uh, Alfa Romeo at 196, and poor Land Rover. They're at 244. Now, they also have Tesla on this list, which which is a really terrible 176. And I understand that there's you know people complain about little things on Tesla all the time, and so it deserves being at 176. But it's not actually listed on the on the survey because Tesla won't allow them access to their it won't allow JD Power access to who they who bought their vehicles all the other brands allow jd power access to their own you know who they sell to and tesla won't do it now why everybody else allows jd power to have access to who owned their you know who bought their vehicles i don't know but apparently that's been going on ever since they started doing the survey and tesla said why do you want to know who bought our cars 
So they had to do it sort of informally with it, where you know they found the owners and owners, and uh, so the, the the sample size is a little off, but. It's it gets a caveat here when they put it on the list. It's not as bad as, as Jaguar Land Rover or Alfa Romeo, but it's pretty sucky overall. I mean, because it comes in just uh, below Chrysler and just above Jaguar if you were to slot it onto the list. Uh, JD Power, uh, you know, also goes into uh, by category. You know, like most dependable model in the U.S. is the Porsche 911. Uh, and the top, and here's it for the top three segments: a compact car. Uh, the most uh, reliable is the Chevy Cruze, which again nobody buys because it's a discontinued car. But again, this is over. This is what people are uh, are telling them in their dependability study. And again, Cruze was only you know discontinued a year and a half ago, so it's part of the study. A Toyota Corolla it tied with the Prius for the next two on compact cars, compact premium. Uh, again, uh, the, the Lexus ES was the number one. Uh, the Lincoln MKZ, a discontinued brand uh, model, is gone, and, but it's number two. And the BMW 4 Series, which is the coupe version of the BMW 3 Series, is the uh, number three on that. Large car, they only list two. The number one is the Toyota Avalon. The number two is the Chevy Impala, also discontinued. Uh, midsize car. Uh, Kia Optima, which is now called the K5, uh, is number one, followed by the by its twin, the Hyundai Sonata, at number two, and the Ford Fusion also discontinued at number three. And the Ford Fusion and the, and the Lincoln MKZ are uh, essentially the same car. Uh, midsize premium car, the highest rated was the Genesis V, I mean Genesis G80 sedan. Um, Tiger was was driving a GV80 SUV, uh, followed by the Cadillac CT6, which is discontinued, and the BMW 5 Series. And then for sporty car, they only have two ranked here. And the highest ranked is the Chevy Camaro, followed by the Dodge Challenger, uh, midsize sporty. And then as far as small premium, uh, the BMW 2 Series uh, is the highest ranked followed by the Audi A3. So it's, you know, interesting where it's all going. Uh, and a lot of these have been discontinued. <laughs> we'll go over some more of these segments because they're, they're interesting as they, they go along, especially the SUVs. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. 
That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about J.D. Power's 2021 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Survey. And we were going to go through the SUV segment now because, of course, this apparently is what everybody's going to buy anyway. We're already past, you know, way past 50 percent on it uh, as far as the penetration into the non-pickup market. Um, The compact, uh, let's see, compact premium SUV. Uh, the highest ranked was the Porsche Macan. That's good. Uh, it is a lot of fun. It's a great car. Uh, then followed by the Lexus NX. And the Les- Lexus NX is basically the Toyota RAV4 all gussied up. And the uh, and then the number three is the uh, Lincoln MKC. And it's now called the Lincoln Corsair. Uh, again, they have a name change on that, but that's the Lincoln version of the Ford Escape. Uh, let's see. Compact SUV, just uh, non-premium, I guess, is the highest rank is the Buick Envision. Again, hard to believe this is the made-in-China Buick that I don't think anybody buys, but apparently it's uh, highest ranked uh, for dependability. Uh, followed by the Toyota RAV4 is number two, and the Subaru Forester is number three. Sort of interesting on Buick Envision. Surprise. A brand new Envision just came out this year, so it's not part of the survey. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that fares in, in, in future surveys. A uh, large SUV is the Chevy Tahoe. Again, it's probably not the new Tahoe because this goes back over the last few years. Uh, followed by its... Uh, longer version, the Chevy Suburban, followed by the GMC Yukon, which is a nicer version of the Tahoe. So Chevy basic or General Motors sweeps the large SUV segment here. Ford kind of gets shut out. Now premium SUV. The Lexus GX is the number one uh, as far as premium SUV. And the GX is the uh, I believe that's the RAV, not the RAV4, it's, that's the uh, for, Toyota 4Runner uh, gussied up. And then there's the uh, Cadillac XT5, sort of the midsize uh, SUV from Cadillac. And then the Lexus RX, which is the uh, basically a Toyota Highlander, which is their top-selling car. Uh, so that I'm not surprised to see there. Uh, midsize non-premium. Uh, the highest rank is ranked as the Kia Sorento, followed by the Toyota Highlander, uh, not surprising, and then followed by the Ford Edge. So at least we see Ford somewhere in there. Uh, and then the small premium SUV, um, the highest ranked is the Mercedes GLA, surprisingly, because I think most people thought that was too small and cramped, but apparently it's top of the list here. And uh, followed by the Audi Q3. And again, this is the, not the new Q3. It's probably the, uh, the, you know, the first Q3 that was brought to the United States. But people like the size. People like the uh, you know, Audi brand. And people like what Audi does with their cars. Uh, small SUV. The Kia Sportage was the highest ranked. Uh, followed by the Buick Encore. Uh, followed by the Hyundai Tucson. So uh, Kia Sportage and Hyundai Tucson, I think, are twins as well. I'm not surprised to see them both on the list. Now, the next one would be uh, trucks. So let's go to trucks and and, uh, minivans. 
uh, large, heavy-duty pickup truck. Uh, highest ranked is the Chevy Silverado HD, followed by the Ram 2500, 3500, which again is similar to in, in you know capacity to the uh, Silverado. Uh, Ford didn't make it on this list, considering it's the top seller, but I guess it wasn't the most dependable. Um, large, light-duty pickup truck. Uh, interesting. The Toyota Tundra, which is over a decade old. I'm surprised to see it here, but I guess it must have been dependable. Uh, it is a Toyota, and they do screw things well, you know, screw things together there well. Um, followed by the Chevy Silverado, uh, followed by the Ram 1500. And then the mid-sized pickup truck, the Nissan Frontier, which is what over what 13 years old, which is just replaced this year. So I guess because it had been around so long, that figured out how to do it without it uh, falling apart. That's good. Followed by the Honda Ridgeline. We don't even see the Toyota Tacoma on this list, which is surprising since that's the one that outsells everybody like by multiples. And then as far as the minivan goes, the highest ranked is the Toyota Sienna, uh, followed by the Dodge Grand Caravan, which is sort of like the older Chrysler uh, Dodge uh, minivan and the Chrysler Pacifica, which is the new generation minivan, is the number is the number three one on this list here. I don't see Honda anywhere. I'm surprised to not see Honda there. Now, there's one thing I'd like to just go over that there's going to be the largest recall by dollar amount in U.S. history coming. It's called, and it's going to be done by Hyundai, and they're going to replace all the battery systems in the Kona EV. It's going to cost them nearly a billion dollars. Uh, and it's because of fire risks. So... Uh, Hyundai will replace uh, systems in 82,000 electric vehicles globally due to fire risk, costing $900 million. Uh, recall that lays bare the thorny issue of how car and battery makers split the bill when problems arise. The recall is one of the first mass battery replacements conducted by a major automaker. It's very significant for both Hyundai and LG as we are in early stages of the electric uh, vehicle era. How Hyundai handles this will be uh, uh, precedent not just in Seoul, uh, in South Korea, but also for other countries. Um, they re the recall mostly concerns the Kona EV, Hyundai's biggest selling electric car, which was first uh, recalled late last year for a software upgrade after a spat of fires. Uh, one of the recalled um, Kona EVs caught fire in January, however, and South Korean authorities launched a probe into whether the first recall had been adequate. Uh, LG Energy Solutions, which is a division of LG Chem, which manuf manufactures the batteries, was quick to deflect criticism. It said <clears throat> in a statement that Hyundai misapplied LG's suggestions for fast charging logic in the battery management system, adding that battery cells should not be seen as the direct cause of the fire risk. Uh, South Korea's transportation ministry said in a statement that some of the defects had been found in some battery cells produced by LG, LG's Energy's China factory. Wow. So everybody's pointing fingers at each other, and it's going to be it's going to happen in the United States. It's going to happen worldwide. 
Uh, when we get back, we're going to have our Bring a Trailer Hour, which is our uh, most fun that we have. I'll have John McMullen with me, and we'll be talking our picks for the week as well as looking at how things uh, fared from last week. This is Todd Bianco. It's all revved up, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 